Hey guys, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly, and I'm very excited to introduce the episode for today. It is definitely a different tone of episode than my past few and some of my usual episodes, a little less comedy oriented and a lot more mindfulness and reflection oriented, which is something that I think we're all doing a lot of in the new year. So it's great. I'm joined by Case Kenny, who is a podcaster and writer um, and all sorts of things. We'll get into it. But he is awesome and he has a podcast that is on mindfulness and mindfulness practices and he also looks at dating through that lens so he has a lot of good advice for right now where I feel like a lot of us are like or at least I'm I know I'm finding a lot of the time like sometimes I'm feeling extra single recently um, with the pandemic because it is so easy to get in your head or feel alone And he talks about how to stay positive and reframe things and remind yourself that single is your superpower, which is the name of one of his book journals. So with that, I also did my first What the Fuck's Up Wednesday today, um, and I did some poll questions where I kind of teased stuff we talked about. So, you know, going back to the whole reflective thing, I asked... Have you found yourself reflecting on past romantic interests more as of late? And 65% of you said yes. So I think people really are thinking back on things they were doing right and wrong. And I think this episode has definitely made me take inventory of some of the stuff I'm doing. And I also asked the question... Do you have a clear reason you're dating or why? And 67% said yes. But then another thing we talk about and why your why has to be like super clear is have you ever found yourself falling for the idea of a person instead of an actual person? And 96% said yes. And this was the most voted on question. So thank you guys for getting into it. Um, But we kind of talk back and forth about a lot of like the holes you can get tripped up in during dating and how you can keep on track. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen because I know a lot of you guys were saying your why or your reason was to find a partner, was to find someone serious to start a life with. Um, And I think that Case has some really good tips. So we'll get into it now. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. And thank you guys for listening. Here's the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. Today, I'm here with Case Kenny of New Mindset Who Dis podcast. So for a little background, he is a Chicago-based writer, podcaster, and calls himself a dude bro guy because he doesn't consider himself to be super enlightened, even though he is doing mindfulness meditation practices. He simply feels that he is the hunger to become the best person that he can be. So it's only been two years since he started his podcast and he already has over at this point I'm assuming six million downloads and is a huge figure in the mindfulness podcast community so welcome case another CK coming on so excited to have you yeah thank you thanks for having me yeah, yeah. it's a vibe two CKs I would have <laughs> worn my I would have worn my own velvet if I had known that we were trying to really sync things up so I know it's you have a uniform though you have your like jeans that you say you nap in and stuff off, which yeah I'm literally wearing <laughs> I'm literally wearing my jeans and vans right now see we're getting the full outfit yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So if you guys haven't heard of Case, you should check out his Instagram. It's a lot of motivational quotes on coffee cups, always featuring the jeans and the vans. It's definitely like a bro look, which I love the combination of like the bro culture with the mindfulness culture. So let's just get in the beginning. Let's start from the beginning, get into it. How did you decide to start the podcast? Like what made you as this like dude bro guy be like, I need to get more centered or get into this whole mindfulness practice? Yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing is like, I call myself dude bro guy. It's kind of self-deprecating humor, but I do it for a reason. And that's yeah. because like, I, I never had, and I still don't really have an aspiration to be some kind of expert or coach or anything like that. I, I think that's kind of disingenuous and I just don't have a desire to do that. And in fact, like even up until like a year ago, before things like blew up, before the podcast was like top mm -hmm. 10 and like the business aspect of everything took off, like it was just like a hobby. But like it came out like the simple story is like two and a half years ago, almost three years ago at this point, I got out of mm -hmm. a relationship, Same. a long term relationship. <laughs> we lived together, yada, yada. Um, yeah. Story as old as time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it was a relationship and it was a serious mm -hmm. relationship and got out of that. And uh, at that time I was like, wow, you know, I a lot of the main parts of my identity were tied up in the relationship. They were tied up in my job came out of that. I was like, you know, who, who's case, like, I got to kind of figure this out. So as a challenge to myself, I was like, I'm just going to start podcasting about it. I've always been an entrepreneur and yeah. like I write online. I've always been doing that for a long time, but never like delved into like self-help topics. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I think I'm going to do it in a, in a cool way where I ask myself questions and then I answer them. And then hopefully it helps some other people. That's Launched awesome. it. It yeah. blew up. I remember my first month. I remember I got 56,000 downloads on it, which is a small number, but it's a big number for a That's a huge podcast. number. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's yeah, so really good. Things just spiraled from there. Yeah. Um, and that was like two and a half years ago. Wow. That's crazy. So wait, so going back a little more, where did you go to college? And like when you were in this relationship that you kind of, it seems like maybe lost yourself in a little bit, what were you doing for work? Like who was Case, as yeah. you were kind of asking before, like who were you before starting all of this? Yeah. So, I mean, so I went to Notre Dame, okay. um, I majored in weird things. I mean, mm -hmm. you see me now, people can't see me, but I'm a tall, very pale white dude. <laughs> Um, and I made Chicago, in, I majored in Chicago, dude. Yeah. Even like Midwest, like boring by most standards. And I majored in Chinese and Arabic languages. It was nice. a double major East Asian languages and cultures and Middle yeah. East studies. It was a whole thing. So anyway, I majored in that moved to Chicago in 2011. I started working in advertising. I worked at a couple ad agencies in Chicago. So that's where I kind of got my chops for like what it means to potentially like build a brand, start a media company, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a long time and uh, did also did like ad tech sales and kind of jumped around here in Chicago but I've been in Chicago ever yeah. since and you were you grew up in Chicago too you said right uh so I actually I was born in Chicago but I grew up in Virginia actually yes and I, went to Notre Dame. I kind of yeah. remember you telling me yeah. this okay cool very cool I totally get it I actually studied for a summer in Jordan and like trekked across Jordan which was super cool I think studying other cultures is really cool did getting into that and like also the Chinese culture and language did that have any bearing on the like mindfulness and meditation or going deeper like was there any connection there or was it something you it 
just was random what you studied and then like suddenly you got into this whole world how'd that work yeah it was kind of random I would say it was like parallel worlds that eventually collided in a good way I always like I always joke that like you know some people believe in in past lives and whatnot Mm -hmm. I I think a, a past life of mine I was like a Chinese man like I was, it's, it's like a weird thing to say but I've always been like really drawn to that culture which yeah. is why I decided to major in it I was like one of like 12 people at Notre Dame who decided to do that yeah. um it was it was pretty unique but then I mean yeah it just ha- so happened that now a lot of my conversations and content and just realizations come from the fact that, yeah a, lo- a lot of the mindfulness topics I, I refer to like they're rooted in like deep philosophies that are all East Asian that I didn't even realize like so yeah it's cool it's kind of worlds colliding yeah damn it seems like the universe is really setting it up for you and then with the ad stuff as well it's like you have to incorporate yeah. all that into building your personal brand and like advertising the podcast so it all works out really well yeah that's, that's a good point cool. yeah i've never i never really thought of it like that yeah like i said it's like i i I'm here never to psychoanalyze you that's what i do to people on my podcast <laughs> oh it's effective because i mean i never i never i didn't yeah. like set out to do that i didn't set out like i want to be the biggest podcaster in the world and i want to be a self-help yeah. you know, person i never and i still don't want to do that yeah. um it just happened to be that way but it's cool yeah i mean your skill sets and your experiences are what you build on to create impact so yeah yeah it, sense. it checks out that's awesome Full disclosure, I was listening to your Girls Gotta Eat interview, which is another great podcast. So I do know some of what you're about. But for the listeners, it sounds like even though this was like jump started by the end of a relationship and you wanting to kind of like figure out more about you being single it seems like you didn't really start talking about dating until like a while in could we talk about like that transition like what made you interested in talking more about like dating in particular yeah so i mean in true childish form i waited until episode 69 to do that that's always the joke (laughs) Um, I wish I could do it again too. I wish 69 came around every 100 and I would just keep. You should just do like multiples of it, you know, just like for any math nerd, you're just like, yeah, well, this is 69. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to do it off the top of my head. I'm like, where's the calculator? I would say I need my calculator. (laughs) But yeah, whatever it is, 138 or whatever it is. Yeah, he just Um, got it. Yeah. So, and I never, I, so I never set out to do that, obviously, because what a hypocrite I would be if I hopped out of a failed relationship and then started giving dating advice. So yeah, I never did. And then, you know, I, I just kept giving thoughts on, mindfulness and then people were like well talk about this talk about that I was like all right let me see if I can apply a mindfulness lens to dating because it's the same thing and I did and like that episode became my most popular and then I did another and they just kept getting more and more popular and you know to build a brand and build a business around something you have to listen to what people want so I give the people what they want and I talk about (laughs) dating and it's relevant for me because I'm single and dating so it's like it helps me grow and um, it's something that, you know, I've never been a person to get down on myself in dating. I hear so many people and friends yeah. that are so frustrated and annoyed and like all these things. And it's like, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's all good. So like, clearly I'm onto something. And I even remember when I was on Girls Gotta Eat, they asked yeah. me, they always ask their list, their guests. I'm like, what gives you the right? Yeah. What gives you the right? Why should we listen to you? And, and I didn't have a great answer for that. I was, I was like, I don't think I have a right, but I was actually thinking more about that. It was like, mm-hmm. people ask me that all the time. Like, who are you to give dating advice? Like, yeah. And, and I always think it's like the, the qualification for giving dating advice isn't that you're like happily married with kids. That's not it yeah. because that, that's, that person could have got lucky. Like who knows what their, their circumstances were. Yeah. I think the qualification for giving dating advice should be that you are dating yourself and you're happy doing it. And that's all that matters. If I can share a perspective 
that reflects happiness and fulfillment and I don't get bothered by the ups and downs. I think that's, that's advice. That's always helpful. And that's me. Like I, I can get rejected. I could get ghosted. I could have a horrible relationship and I, I'm still, it's all good vibes over here for the most part. So damn good for you. I yeah. try to share that. Yeah. So let's talk about your books and your journal. So you have, it's a book or is it a book journal? Single is your superpower. Book journal. Yeah. Book journal. Okay. So what are the kind of tips you're giving in single is your superpower? Like how is single a superpower? Yeah. So all the book is about, the book isn't about yeah. like encouraging people to become single. It's, it's <laughs> Break it's, up with your boyfriend because you're bored and single is your superpower. Yeah. It's like, it's not telling people to go hoe it <laughs> yeah. up, although that's part of it. It's, it's telling people that if you happen to find yourself single, mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing. Like there is such a stigma on being single, both to ourselves. Like when we're single, we start to jump to these conclusions where it's like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not lovable. I'm going to die alone, like these things. And then we judge other people as well. We, we, we do the same thing. Yep. And I just think that's so wrong. I mean, I look, you mentioned earlier, like who was case before and after. And it's yeah. like, I, I, I was, I feel like, I mean, not tangibly but I really feel like I was a different person during that relationship and then after I've been single for three years now I think my development over the course of three years far eclipses my development over the previous 10 like I, I yeah. really think I've like so grown into myself and what I want and what I do and what I'm capable of my confidence and all that so it's like proof is in the pudding like I think just being single is such an incredible opportunity to all the cliche things, love yourself and, yeah. and do that. But it's like, it really is a unprecedented time in your life. I mean, mm -hmm. eventually you're going to get married with kids. Let's say it's in your thirties. Let's say it's even in your forties. You're going to have 20, 30, 40, 50 years, depending on how long you live of being with someone. So that the window of opportunity to be selfish with your time and just do cool shit is like, it's pretty narrow. So like it should be celebrated and it's a great thing and it's not a reflection of you and you're not falling behind and you're not doing it wrong and they're doing it right. It's like, we just need to, we just need to fix reframing. the stigma. Yeah, yeah. It's all reframing. So that's yeah. all the book is. And it's like, like exercises to help like remind you of that. And I, people enjoy it because it's simple. That's my whole thing. I'm trying to simplify mindfulness. I'm trying to simplify dating for people because we're rampant overthinkers when it comes to literally everything. And I don't think we have so to be. True. So. so you talked in your Girls Got Eat interview to go back to it for like the third time, but you talked about how people are dating kind of like without any kind of intentionality just because they don't want to be alone. And I think it's so true. And it's something that like, if you date in a way that's, intentional and reflective you'll realize a lot of your unhappiness is stemming from you like not even realizing you're settling but settling in certain ways I think the word settling like gets misconstrued because people think of settling like oh he's not as attractive he doesn't fit this this and this and sometimes people will like look good on paper and they'll fit all those things on paper but there was something like extra missing mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes if you're just dating to get to that second date to not be alone you're going to miss like that intuition and that like maybe someone's good in these ways but they don't make me feel a certain way or I don't feel like there's someone I actively want. I just feel like I'm supposed to want them. I think people just, that's what I'm trying to say in a really long-winded way is people get caught up in like what they're supposed to want versus what really makes them happy. And I think that's what like dating in your 20s has to be about. But yeah, it's so yeah, hard yeah. to do. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, I yeah. did an episode on that not too long ago. I mean, it's twofold. It's first, it's like, 
if you don't know why you're dating, mm -hmm. it's going to be miserable for you and it's going to be miserable for your partner. <laughs> like it really is yeah. like, I know it seems silly. It's like everyone knows, like you ask the average person, why are you dating? They're like, what do you mean? Why am I dating? It's because yeah. I'm human and that's what you do. It's like, well, that's not a good enough answer. It's like, what you described, are you dating because you just don't want to be alone? That's not a reason to date. Are you dating for attention? I think that's an acceptable answer if you're honest about it. But a lot of people <laughs> deny that, right? It's like some, like some women, a lot more women than men, but some men too, it's like they date for attention. Yeah. They want the validation. They, they, and that's fine if you're upfront and saying, this is what I want. Yeah. But I feel for the most part, people don't do that. And then when it comes to what you just described, it's like, yeah, there is this whole wild world where, and the internet has completely enabled it, where we borrow from other people what we think we should want in a relationship. Like you can hop on the thought catalog and read an article and you're like, well, I'm supposed to date someone who every, you know, every uh, Wednesday, I'm his women crush Wednesday and, and I need good morning texts and I need this and I need that. Yeah. Otherwise, he's not good enough for me. And like, well, a lot of that is universal. I think a lot of that isn't true to you. It's like everyone needs different things. What someone needs might not be what you need. All that matters is that feeling, yeah. that feeling that you want and that you need. And that I think should be what people are pursuing. It's like, you should really sit down and feel like, what, how is it that you want to feel when you're with someone? And it's got to be more specific than like, you know, supported. I think we can get yeah. better adjectives than that. Um, but I think it, it, it all goes together. It's too, it's like, I, I was on a podcast yesterday and I was like, dating is this wild world where you have two people coming together and every person brings with, with them. With all these different needs and baggage. It's like actually insane. It's insane. It's, it is insane, but we don't take time to appreciate that. These yeah. people are bringing their entire past with them. Yeah. And we know how fucked up people's pasts are. And then in the present, they're bringing with who knows what kind of intention or lack of intention. And then you yeah. wonder why we have problems. Like <laughs> you're going to have problems. And I think we yeah. need to like accept that. That when we do run into problems or we run into someone who isn't truthful or yeah. who is a fuck boy or who is a whatever, that it's not a reflection of you. It's just a reflection of one, them, and then two, the randomness of life. And I think understanding that takes you out of the corner. We put ourselves in the corner and we just beat ourselves up too much. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. I think just realizing that like not everything is personal is something that comes with like age and maturity in dating and just realizing like, like you were saying, people have their own baggage. Like I went to Northwestern, which you know, because of the Chicago connection. Mm -hmm. um, but I double majored in theater and psych. And the older I get, the more interesting it is to me to like unpack just like the idea that we are kind of attracted to like our childhood trauma like hannah burner i don't know if you've heard of her the po yeah, she's yeah. a podcaster yeah bring in hell she talks about like she has like some kind of tweet that she put out that was something like are we attracted to each other or do we just have the same like childhood trauma yeah yeah so there's also that added layer of like and i've talked about this on the podcast before like is it my gut or is it my trauma where it's like you have to distinguish whether someone's like feeling good for the right reasons or they're feeling good for the wrong reasons it's it's so fucking much to unpack it's crazy yeah, yeah. well i love that i mean my whole thing is you know, I apply mindfulness to everything and everyone's like, mindfulness is the, the cliche word nowadays, mm -hmm. right? What the heck does mindfulness really mean? <laughs> all mindfulness is is self-awareness. And what you just described is the perfect self-awareness. And all self-awareness is, self-awareness is derived 100% from the questions you ask yourself. Yeah. So if you're dating and you're frustrated with it, when was the last time you asked yourself a question about what you just said 
you know, or with uh, your intention or your why. It's like, if you're not asking yourself questions, yeah, you're going to run into trouble, but it's an easy solve. You sit down, you could journal, you sit down and meditate, you sit down and just literally ask yourself questions. It's going to, it's going to solve a lot of your problems, or at least it's going to like clarify where you can solve problems. Totally. And I like what you're saying also about like, even if you do want to be like a slut or you do just want attention because we all go through those phases, like be upfront about it. How would you suggest like, say we have a listener who's just like, okay, let's use the example you're saying like is dating for attention Mm -hmm. or is dating for validation. How do you go about saying something like that? Like, how would you advise someone who's listening to like go about? Because that's such an awkward thing. Like, hey, like I just like I'm actually feeling like a little deprived of attention right now. Like, how would you advise someone to go about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's what you said. I mean, I think I think. I think it's that. I mean, if someone on like a first date, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you said it. Like I respect yeah. honesty. I think the average yeah. person would respect radical candor. I yeah. think so much radical more. Radical candor. I love that. That should be like, I don't know, like a band name or something on t-shirt. Yeah, it's like a, like a grunge band. Yeah. Um, I think the person on the receiving end of that might vibe with it or not, but either yeah. way, like it's intentional and you can't fault yourself when you're intentional. That's why like, there's always, there's, of course, there's always a stigma against people who are just dating for fun or dating to hook up. Yeah. But I see zero things wrong with it when you're just clear about it, both to others and yourself, where we get into trouble is when we're not honest with ourselves and then we're not honest with other people, of course, but it's, it's an easy conversation. And I think we should, it's like, I get questions so often mm-hmm. from listeners and they're like, oh, I just don't know. Like it's mostly women, but <laughs> I was going to say, wait, can we take a second to acknowledge that you're this attractive tall guy from Chicago who's like walking around, like looking good, listening to cool house music, doing cool like house music mixes. And you're like, yeah, most of my audience is females. Yeah, they really responded to what I started talking about dating. I mean, I mean. I didn't intend it that way. I wasn't trying to like become some, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to use any advantage I have to like draw people in, but now it's a brand. So like I'll bang out Celtics all day. Visit my OnlyFans. Yeah. So, um, I forgot what I was saying. You're saying that women were asking questions in particular. Yes. It's like, we're talking about the communication thing. It's like, I get DMs from people all the time. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, I went on, it's a stereotypical woman. I, I went on a date with a guy and uh, two dates and three dates. And I don't know what his intentions are. I don't know where his head's at. I'm like, Oh, wow, that's such a crazy predicament. Have you tried? Uh, oh, shit, what is it? Oh, asking him. And they're like, Oh, my gosh, but I don't want to seem over eager or some like stage five crazy clinger. And I'm like, Listen, mm-hmm. if I go on a first date with a woman, my first question out of my mouth is, Hey, what's going on? Where's your head at? Like, what are you looking for? It's the most casual question yeah. you could ask. I don't know if people their delivery yeah. is like super intense or something. But it's the most casual thing you can ask in the world. And then you don't have to wonder for a while. And then once you get to the next stage, you've got to obviously cross that. But it's the easiest question in the world. Like if you go on a date with someone and you get out of that date and you're like, I don't know what he's looking for. Well, that's because you didn't (laughs) approach it in some way. And yes, of course, he could lie to you, but that's a different story. Like you can get an initial answer and then you can start listening to body language and and things like that. But otherwise, it's yeah, it's Mm -hmm. use your words, (laughs) like ask. So it goes both ways, both with you and what your intention is. And then if you want to understand what theirs is, just ask. Yeah, that's it's so funny because I feel like I mean, I'm not trying to knock your advice at all, but I feel like sometimes 
I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'll just be like, hey, what do you want? Like, this is my life. This is my story. And so I do feel like I'm just trying to challenge you here a little bit. I'm not trying Please to knock, you know, your solid no, advice. But, but I do feel like there is, like, I think for women that oftentimes, not all the time, not everything's black and white. They mm -hmm. fall into two categories, which is either like maybe a bit too timid and too afraid to ask for what they want. So then they bottle it mm -hmm. up and it like yep. comes out or like, I don't know, I guess my fear more so just to bring my own experience into it would be like being too much or being too like, like I, I have been like that, but I guess you're figuring it out more quickly regardless. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. everyone has different presuppositions about what is potentially going to be interpreted as too much or too little or something. Yeah. I think everyone responds yeah. in different ways. The biggest thing, and I did an episode on this the other day, it's like a lot of times, yeah. particularly in all aspects of life, but within dating, we do this thing where we mm -hmm. match energy, right? It sounds like you set the tone yeah. for energy as a bubbly extrovert, but the average human, yeah. I would say, is they wait to see what the other person's energy is and then they match it, right? And it gets even worse than that. A lot of times it's like we match values. Well, that person isn't honest with me, so I'm not going to be honest with him. Oh, yeah. he's being sketchy, so I'm going to be sketchy back. He waited three days to text me. I'm going to wait three days to respond. Mm. Like, bullshit. And I think it, we, if we address that, we can address some of the other things we're referring to here. It's like, I hate that. I really do. I hate this whole vibe of, like, yeah. I only match. I only give what's given. I only care when I'm cared for. Mm. It's, it's kind of like a, a bullshit mentality. So my whole thing is, like, I am at odds with indifference in life. Like when you approach things with mm. indifference and you wait for permission to act a certain way, you wait for matching to give what you have. And my whole thing is I'm just going to be upfront with what I have. I'm going to be the one who calls yeah. first, texts first, cares first, helps first, whatever's first. And I just think that's such a one, it's a more fulfilling way to live. Cause I think that's how humans are wired. We want to give what we have, but we've messed up our psyche in, in regards to, oh, we should hold it back because that person, you know, I need to match. That's one. And two, it's going to solve all those ambiguity problems we have in dating. What does he want? What do I want? Yeah. What does this mean? What does that mean? It's like, I'm not saying like go nuts and like just go, you know, crazy, but it's like, don't quadruple text them with no response. I mean, I'm for it. I'm down for a triple text. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> think it, I think we overthink it. I really do. Yeah. So I say just go for it. Yeah. It's interesting not to sound like, a boomer but to sound like a full boomer I feel like it's really a direct like reaction to you know dating apps and not to say like they don't work for everyone or they're not really useful in some ways because you're going to get access to more people and stuff like that but I really feel like it is that kind of like what is it called? There's a psych term for it, but it's like when you have so many opportunities you're not being as intentional with each yeah. of them. You're not taking them as seriously. And also women in particular, and like, I feel like I'm always finding a feminist standpoint on things, but like are told like, don't show interest until they show interest. Like we are told all these things, you know, don't pursue someone who's not really pursuing you, but then it leads to more of these games and more of this. I don't, I don't get that. I don't know who, who is giving that advice because it's, it's bogus. <laughs> and I mean, you so would even agree people. that that just doesn't yeah. make sense anymore. Like yeah. I can understand a time in the world where maybe it did but it doesn't anymore. Yep. And to your point, it literally feeds into all the problems. I just don't get it. Like, I want to be respectful to people who like still buy into that stuff. But I mean, there's like, yeah. like, there are still, there are gender norms where I agree that the man should take a certain lead in things and be more masculine yeah. and more aggressive. Okay. 
but for a woman to make the first move or ask someone out, why not? Like, I don't, I really don't understand the hesitancy there. Like, I really, I really don't totally. get it. Like, I'd be curious yeah. to be in like the, the headspace of a woman who like lives and dies by that kind of uh, philosophy. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it either. Cause I'm very not like that. Like, I don't care if I'm interested, I'll make a move. I think the issue for women is like, I think sometimes these kind of games or these ideas do work. And if that's really what you're looking for, someone who responds to that kind of stuff because they do have more traditional values or <laughs> more sexist values or whatever, <laughs> and they don't want to feel like overwhelmed by a woman, then that's fine. You can probably like find that. But the issue is if you're playing these games with someone at the end of the day, like you might be attracting the wrong people. And I think that's something that we totally just forget when you're like you were saying, we're just like dating to date that we forget to take count of like, okay, you're playing into these games, but if it's inauthentic to you, like wouldn't you rather just find out sooner rather than play these games and down the line be disappointed yeah. by the type of person someone I mean is, think you know? about it what does that say about yeah. you if you're the kind of person who's if you're a woman and you're the kind of person who's like oh I don't want to yeah. seem too interested like I I, I want to play hard to get I need to play hard to get because that'll make him want me more yeah. right that's kind of usually the mo that's the case study well he'll want me more if I play coy you know don't give in don't sleep with him or whatever it's like Okay, so you're basically saying that you need to gamify this to get what you want. Like she's saying, like, I want to be with him, but, you know, here's how, here's how I need to do it. I need to play this or play that. It just like, I don't know, that, to me, that seems rampant with insecurity. But again, I don't judge anyone who vibes with that. And, you know, all I know is I feel like I'm a pretty average dude. Like I am a, I'm a, dude, I'm a dude dude. <laughs> I like dude things. And that shit would never work on me. What are dude things? Sports? Sports, working out, hats, and house music, like Chipotle. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not some, like, guru guy who was, like, you know, yeah. I didn't go to the Himalayas and, like, study under some, you know, enlightened guy. But that shit would never work on me. So, yeah. I feel, and again, I feel pretty average. So, if I have a feeling that other guys are like me. And when they, when they encounter a woman who's playing games, they're like, all right, whatever, later. Like, so, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's a type of guy who it works for, but it's not yeah. me. And I, and I feel like there's a lot of guys like me. So anyway, it is what it is. Everyone has, well, good everyone for has you different things. For being, for being an elevated uh, <laughs> mentally in 2021 guy. Something, I'm yeah. telling you, not all the guys out there are like that. It's crazy, but. Here's what I think it is. I just, I just, I think I'm just, now that I'm thinking about this topic a lot, I get not triggered, but it's like, I feel like the type of guy who like plays into that kind of game kind of thing mm -hmm. like play coy is insecure is insecure and ultimately he just wants to yeah. prove that he can win i'm not the greatest guy in the world but i have nothing to prove i literally have nothing to prove i will never like do that kind of shit i just feel like i have nothing yeah. to prove so if you're trying if you're in the headspace of playing games because you want to win mm -hmm. the guy over know that you're winning trying to win someone over who's trying to prove something in a sense and like there's, yeah. that, that could be totally fine but it's also something to consider yeah. it's like guys who have something to prove there's some lack of intention there i would think or something mm -hmm. from their past or something that they're carrying with them that might not be healthy it might be healthy but i don't know just something to consider there that i i'm just thinking of my own headspace like i that's how i think about yeah. things it's like there's no conquest there's nothing to prove it's like but some guys are opposite of that so i could see why it might work but yeah well i think it's helpful to hear it from a guy and i think that you know whether or not you're willing to admit it if you're playing into those games and that kind of stuff maybe you're trying to prove something to yourself too maybe it's not as like yeah yeah, yeah. i mean god there's so much to break down from it but um but yeah and i think 
something that I found in the past sometimes when I've dated people for like trying to prove something to myself about this type of person I'm trying to date is that you both start to become interested or fall in love with the idea of each other rather than like the actual person. And that's like such dangerous territory. Yeah. I mean, that's so I've done episodes on that before. That's what that's like fuckboy 101. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, I'm, we're using fuckboy as a label for just people who are just kind of not being sincere. But I mean, it's basically that's what people do. So there are fuckboys and fuckgirls and fuck There's gender nonconformity. Any gender, any non-gender, binary, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like every, everyone yeah. can fall into it. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They prey on potential because everyone wants potential. Everyone wants to see potential. And when, you know, you see a glimpse of it, it keeps you sticking around. So that is, that is a tool that, you know, fuck boys, narcissists, whatever you want to say, use, but it's also something that we fit into. Like the whole quote, I forget what it is, but it's like, no matter what, you're not dating someone's potential, you're dating their reality. So the question should always be is like, Mm. if nothing were to change from today, is that good enough for me? And I think that's a question we don't ask ourselves yeah. a lot because we're so focused on, oh, a year from now, once work settles down, we're going to, it's going to be great. Oh, once we, we can go on that vacation together, things are going to be fantastic. Oh, mm. once we get past, you know, date three, it's going to be smooth sailing, like whatever. Like we do that a lot to ourselves. And I think it's great to have a vision for a future. I think it's great to have a, a joint vision for it together, but it's also the reality of dating in the present and not being blinded by potential because that'll eventually catch up to you and you're going to you're not going to have a foundation that's built on clarity. You're going to have a foundation that was always built on potential. Mm. And eventually you're going to hit that finish line. And hopefully it's great, but it might not be. And I just see a lot of problems stem from that. Yeah, that's so true. I think, I mean, so I, in the past, my most recent relationship, we were long distance. And I think that's actually one of the big problems with long distance is being like totally built on potential. Like when we're together, when we live in the same city, when we're doing this. And I think that a lot of guys realize that girls like kind of get off on this and prey on that or like fuck boys or narcissistic guys because women love planning. Like Jared Freed is another podcaster he always talks about how women do like um fuck I forget what he calls it but something like mental masturbation or something where it's like oh my god I could see us like they'll go on his Instagram they'll see the pictures of him in this house in another place and they're like oh when we go on a date together we could go here and we could do this and it's like you have to like stay in the present and that's why like mindfulness practices whether it's like yoga meditation whatever the fuck listening to music it seems like is part of yours is you have to stay grounded in the present and find ways to like get your back to reality because I feel like whether like you're in the beginning stages of dating or you're in the you know far out stages of dating just hanging everything on potential is like the worst thing you could do for yourself because then you're not enjoying the moment and it's always about what could be okay and then quickly before we get into core life qualms I do want to hear about the music stuff because these mixes they're with like Griffin, Sam Felt, Cash Cash, like so many cool people. How did you get into that? Have you always been to music? Like, let's hear about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always listened to exclusively and been a diehard, you know, house music guy, EDM house music. Whatever. <laughs> bro, bro. I mean, I was the guy who would go to Lala yeah. and take my shirt off and just be a tool. At, at like, <laughs> He's wearing a gold watch, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I didn't wear my pinky ring, but normally I have it. JK. Uh, but no, I just, I love house music. I, the joke about being a tool is just yeah. a joke, but like, I love the music. Like, I love the music. 
Um, and it's always made me feel a great way and it's super progressive and uplifting. So um, I always wanted to find a way to combine mindfulness and a passion of mine, which is music. And I did. And, and I, those are my most popular episodes. I basically collaborate with artists and DJs and we basically put together these, call them dance music guided meditations where we take their music and they create a musical journey. I overlay my audio and it becomes this really cool kind of active meditation that you could do while you work out or walk or run or something like that. But it's really cool. Like everyone responds, like I am not good at traditional meditation. Like I'm too ADD. <laughs> Feel you on that. But like this, this is really helpful for me. Like I can't just sit down and just like yeah. calm my mind. But if I have the right music, it does uh -huh. it for me. It's weird. And a lot of other people are the same. So yeah. it's cool. Music is so energy based and it so can guide where your energy's at. So if you have music that's like to get you into that kind of flow and mindset and that is something like I feel like that is a reason people really like the kind of music you're talking about, yeah. like house music, whatever, because they'll go these things and they'll just kind of disconnect. Like, especially if you're drunk and you're like at a party with a lot of people, do we even remember doing that? Um, like you kind of lose yourself in that. And, but you can do the same thing when you're like working out, when you're listening to it alone. Like I know I've always been someone like I find like moving my body and listening to music is something that helps me get in that like flow yeah. state. And it's really about getting in that flow state. And then the last thing for that is like, how do you connect with these? Cause these are pretty huge names like Griffin, you know like it's huge um so how do you connect with them and then like what are the conversations like are you guys just hanging out and mixing it or do you have like a certain theme you're kind of trying to like go for with the music like how's that yeah all so i mean the, the connection process is pretty simple like my podcast is big like the episodes that i do with the artists they usually get 100 150,000 listens on it so there's a reciprocity here that goes along with it but otherwise yeah i mean it's a super simple process like we'll either sit down pre pandemic like over coffee and I would kind of explain what my vision is for the emotional journey given the content I'm going to talk about um, and then we'll put it together and then they'll send it to me or they'll send it to me and then I'll basically craft my audio drops around what they send to me so it's all about creating a journey and their biggest input is how they want to craft that because they're using all their original tracks right the, it's basically basically a, yeah. a set a mix from them um but the input is is kind of here's how i envision it here's how long i want it here's some tracks that i think would be good for it um and then i'm going to come in here here and here so let's make sure the transitions are good here here and here yeah it's cool i mean i it's it's wild because i mean previously like i used i have an unhealthy obsession with armin van buren for example i've like idolized uh -huh. the guy for years before yeah. i got into mindfulness and podcasting and never in a million years yeah. that i think i'd be sitting in a room with him doing this kind of stuff and it's really cool uh -huh. i mean it just goes to show you what you could do once you've kind of found your groove but yeah i've got some big ones coming up like really 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 big names and it's gonna be dope and i'm excited okay well everyone look out for those and we'll put the link in the episode description to the podcast new mindset who dis hey guys i'm here today to tell you about the amazing workout on demand that is the line by katie mullen so basically katie has been an instructor for years she does dance workouts she does floor workouts a lot of her classes are a combination and she just started her own company and her own on-demand workouts they're so fucking incredible. I'm not lying to you when I say she is part of the reason I'm still seen during quarantine. 
getting your dance on, especially when everything's closed, is just such a good feeling. And because we don't have in-person classes, you don't have to worry about anyone judging you. But if you are someone who likes people around, or at least virtually, she does have access for everyone who signs up to both her live stream classes and her past classes that are recorded. They're so great. They vary from like 10 minutes in time if you want to do a quick app session to longer 30 40 minute classes even 50 I think but basically they're so amazing go check them out and for my listeners we have a special discount which is 30% off your first month and the regular pricing is $30 a month which compared to normal gym memberships this is like a fucking steal Um, and it really promotes long lean lines And Katie herself is just like goals, what I would love to look like and just so encouraging and so upbeat and so fun. So go get your workout on with the line by Katie Mullen and use code WTFSUP to get 30% off your first month. There's also the first week free regardless, no commitments can cancel at any time. So the website, which I will also be posting on the episode description is sutrapro.com. So that's S-U-T-R-A-P-R-O.com slash Katie Mullen, K-A-T-I-E-M-U-L-L-E-N and code WTF SUP for 30% off your first month after seven days free. And now back to the episode. Okay, let's get into quarter life qualms. Okay, so first question. Have you ever had a quarter life crisis or a moment in your 20s where you doubted your path? And if so, how did it go down? I don't I don't think so. I, I mean, I always say that I've, I, I know I'm going to give you disappointing answers because <laughs> I genuinely I'm 32. I've had some not so great things happen in life, yeah. like life and death and um, mm-hmm. relationships that failed. But it's like, I feel like I've lived a very privileged life. I've never been like one of those people like mm-hmm. I hit rock bottom. And maybe that's just my standard of what rock bottom is. Maybe I have this incredible pain yeah. tolerance. Who knows? But anyway, I know I've never I've never felt that I feel like I'm not even close to being quarter lifed at this point. Like, I feel like I'm just getting, I'm just getting started. Like I always had an expectation for myself. Like, it's funny, like my mom is an author and I always told my mom that I want to mm-hmm. be a great author. Like I always said that from day one, like I want to write mm-hmm. and I want to be great at it. And I want to, you know, spread whatever it is I have to offer to as many people as possible. And she always told me, she was like, yeah. you know, I have no doubt that you're going to be a, right, a great author, but you need life experience first. She was like the great authors, they write on their experience. Like you need things to reflect yeah. upon. And I always remember initially being like, that's stupid. Like I can come up with stories. I can write things. I don't need all that. But I came to realize very yeah. quickly in my twenties that, yeah, the things that make you great, the things that empower you, the things that show you the way are life experiences. So when like, when it gets thrown at me, like I, I take it and it's weird. I'm not some like masochist. It's like, I just see such value in it that like when I feel frustrated or I feel lost or I feel rejected or whatever. It's like, I see it for what it's worth. It's like, it's redirecting me into something that's going to be helpful at some point in the future. And I know that sounds like so robotic, but it's like, I genuinely believe it. And like people, people get annoyed with me all the time. They're like, Casey, you're like too positive. We get it. Like you're positive, but like, (laughs) I can't, I I can't, it would be disingenuous not to be because I genuinely feel that way. But that's my answer. I mean, I always felt ups and downs. Like I remember first moving to Chicago and working at ad agencies for three years and I was making no money. I was paying like 1800 in rent and making like less than 30 grand a year. 
And I like, I, like I was literally losing money just based on rent. It was crazy. And then I, I, I considered going to law school. Um, I was like, I have a Chinese degree. Like, what the heck am I doing? Like, there was always like things like that. I think that's something people sometimes get caught up on the language of the question. So maybe that's my bad, but it doesn't have to be a crisis. It just like, I think that's exactly what it is. And I think your positive like framing like shield makes it so that you're like, oh no, I've never like, you know, had like a super low, but it's not even that. It's just like, I think everyone has moments like kind of what you're talking about where they're like questioning their path. And I think that's so interesting to hear about whether that's like from a breakup or like right after college when you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm making yeah. no money, yeah. but, but yeah. continue. But I just wanted to give you yeah, that. For sure. yeah, that no, that's, that's helpful. Background. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, in that, in that regard, yeah. then, yeah, I mean, I've had more than I can count moments where I question what I was doing. Like I had been writing online forever, but I really didn't make my mark until like three years ago. So call that writing for eight years with nothing. I was constantly questioning whether it was productive or doable or even doing a podcast. Like it's super difficult to be an independent podcaster and break out. Very tough. It's yep. Discoverability is basically non-existent for podcasts. And, you know, even though I had a great, you know, show right out the gate, it's like I had an agent for a little bit on the podcast and I was like, we mm -hmm. weren't getting deals. I wasn't big enough. She was like, you got to get your numbers up. And I was like, I don't know how, like it was this whole thing. I was like, maybe I should just throw in the towel. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Oh, many, many. I think that's very human. But I, I, I don't even see those as even a semblance of being a quarter life crisis. I see that as just being part of life yeah. and necessary. If, if you're if you're hitting home runs at every at bat, that's weird. Like you, <laughs> weird. you need strikeouts. You hundred percent need them. So <laughs> that's so true. So. For example, when you got to that moment where you're like, I'm not getting any deals, this feels like it's my path, but like, because I think that's interesting to get into because I talk about a lot like before you kind of find that thing that like flows with you, but you now are like this super successful podcaster. So obviously it was good you didn't throw in the towel. Obviously it was good you didn't like give up. What do you do when you hit those like lows that aren't so low because it's like you know you're doing the right thing but you have moments of doubt like how did you push forward in that moment yeah yeah so actually someone yeah. really helped me visualize this earlier i didn't really realize what yeah. i was doing the simple answer is you've got to practice gratitude and that's that's a throwaway answer and that's lame so no it's real gratitude it is, is real. like it it's is harder than you think it is yeah, because grat gratitude practice, all it does is it shows you how far you've come. And a lot of times yeah. we don't realize that. So one of the things that it was this cool visual is like, you know, we get so down on ourselves when we, you know, we have some success and then we fail and then we have some success and then we fail and then we fail. And mm. it's, it's like constantly up and down and it looks like this, right? It's just the graph of blah, 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 right? But if you were to, that's the zoomed in perspective. But if you were to zoom out, that is actually up to the right it's actually increasing yeah. but with within that uh you know uh, up to the right trajectory it's up and down up and down up and down but you've got it you've got to take the time to zoom out to realize that it's gradually increasing and that's what i came to realize with everything that i was putting together yes i wasn't getting this deal but i was getting that one and then two rejections and none of this and the business wasn't doing well or whatever but like ultimately you zoom out everything is going up to the right. I just need to be a little bit more patient. So I would do things like yes. that. That's a, Patience is so fucking hard too. No, I'm, yeah. I'm terribly impatient. I'm, I always say I'm the world's most impatient dude. 
I think I have great qualities to the ones that we've been mentioning, I suppose. But my worst <laughs> quality is I'm so impatient and yeah. equally as stubborn. And it's a problem sometimes. But to our I hate to ask this, but I have to ask this because you did mention past lives before. So you can't be totally closed off to it. Also, because you're into mindfulness. Are you a Taurus? I'm an Aries. Okay, good. Phew. I think we, I think I already asked you this, which is embarrassing. I'm not remembering. <laughs> But Tauruses are notoriously stubborn. Anyways, responding to what you're saying, it's so true and it's so fucking hard to do. And it's why I think sometimes like you're talking about like joking about being like a guru or like the mindfulness kind of like world and like the typical way people look at it. I think that's why sometimes it gets a bad rap because it sounds so simple. Like, oh, just be grateful. Like it sounds throwaway, but it's not. It's like it's something that is really hard to do. And I think that the problem with humans is that like we're so adaptable that when we do get these like highs, especially if it comes to something like career, if you do start to like climb the ladder, you get used to that like upper level. And then when it goes slightly below, it's like you can't see how high you've gotten. So I love that visual because I think that's like a really good way to look at it. And I think that applies to everything in life. Like, why are we always looking for the next thing? It, it mm-hmm. kind of goes back to what you were saying with dating. It's all about like staying present and being grateful for in the present what you have. And then that's going to bring more. So, okay. And then the last core life qualm question is, and usually I ask this question with like stress or if you're getting down or anxious, but you seem to have none of those things. You're like, You've never in your life been. No, no I mean, of course I do. I mean, I get, I get anxious and down all the time. I just react to it differently. Okay. So if you're in that like down or anxious space, other than reframing your thoughts, is there any like go-to you have that like brings you out of it or makes you feel better? Yeah. I mean, there's all, I mean, I do stereotypical things like work out and listen to music. Like music is a huge part of my life. Like if I normally have my AirPods in 24 seven, like I don't even remember that they're in, I'll get in the shower all the time and be like, Oh shit. Like that's how often they're in. So music is a big part. Like you got to figure out what makes you happy. But other than that, I mean, it does come down to traditional mindfulness practices. Like if you're feeling anxious, but you don't take the time to try at least to figure out why you're anxious, then you're going to stay that way. But there's always degrees of improvement to be had when you try to break something down. And Mm. typically, I've found that broad sweeping statements here, but anything like anxiety related, you know, you're feeling down, you're feeling lost. I really do feel like a lot of that comes from the assumption that you are doing something wrong and everyone else is doing something right. And because you haven't figured out what they're doing, you deserve to be anxious or nervous or invalidated or lost or whatever. So I have this whole mentality that I have where it's, there's no right way to do anything in life. There's no mm. right way to date. There's no right way to run a business. There's no right way to be single. There's no right way to be married and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. There's no right way, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. And I always find that a liberating thought because it's like, we put ourselves in a corner so frequently by assuming that when we haven't found our stride or when we're frustrating in our dating life, it's because we're mm-hmm. lacking something and we need to emulate, emulate someone who has figured it out. And the reality mm-hmm. is that person doesn't, doesn't have it right. They have it right for themselves, but that's not the right way. And I just think it's helpful to take a step back and realize that, you know, we need to stop putting ourselves in a corner by trying to emulate what other people are doing and being like them, being like that couple, being like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, because it's true. There, there is no right way to date. There's no right way to have a business. I mean, I make a living from sharing my feelings online. It's the wildest <laughs> thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before or not, but I remember after 
So this is like kind of the same principle, but slightly differently applied. But after this one breakup I had, and it was like my first big college relationship, and I was so beside myself. And the best hard piece of advice my friend Caroline gave me, she we were talking on the phone. She's like, Caitlin, I think you have to realize that like you're not that special. It's kind of like what you were saying for dating. It's like, why does everyone else have it figured out? Well, no, they don't necessarily. They're doing the same shit you're doing. They're thinking the same things you're thinking. Like these thoughts that we like work ourselves up with thinking we're like behind somehow or doing something wrong. Like, no, you're not that special. Everyone feels this way because I think like something that's bad about anxiety or depression or anything like that is that we get very self-involved and in our own head and in our own thoughts. And we forget to have like the perspective and that kind of like zoom out moment of like, no, there are a thousand songs written on this movies written on this books written on this. Like, you will get out of like that state of mind. And like, in a way, it's really reassuring that you're not like that unique in this feeling, you know? That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it sounds mean, but I think, I don't know, I'm a lover of harsh advice too, because I think it's the best kind. So it was nice to be like, yeah, you're right. Like this feeling I'm going through that I think no one else could ever feel this kind of pain or like hurt, like no, it's not that special. <laughs> like it's it's just part of fucking life. So yeah. 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 Okay. So now we're gonna play a quick game. Basically, I feel like the business you're in has a lot of these cliches, and in particular with dating, there are a lot of cliches. So basically, I'm going to have you decide whether the cliche is mostly true or mostly false because it can't be a hundred percent either. Love it. Decided. Love it. Okay. Okay. Number one, <laughs> opposites attract. I'd say mostly false. Interesting. Why? Well, I mean, we got to define opposites. Are we talking about like opposite taste in food? Like you (laughs) like Mediterranean food and I like American food? Like, or are we talking- American food? American. Are we talking like introvert, extrovert? (laughs) I think we would define that. But I don't know. I I interpret opposite as being like opposite values or opposite Mm. ends of the spectrum on being healed or confident. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times it comes in that you enter the realm of like, I can fix you and things like that. And I've never, yeah. I don't, I don't vibe with that. So that's my interpretation. If we go that totally. way, that's why I say it's mostly untrue. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think values and like finding someone who shares values with you and has like done similar self-work as you is so important because that especially for women getting into again, but like, I feel like women do have that like, oh, I can fix him mentality. And it's like, no, no, you don't want to like project that you have to work on. You exactly, exactly. You want it fixed and then they come into your yeah, life. No, um, buy, it, buy it new, don't buy it. Yeah, at least in yeah. I do think personality wise, it can be nice to have a balance, but you are the expert. So opposites do not attract everyone. Okay, I'm interested to hear what you say on this because you are so positive about things. Valentine's Day was created by Hallmark. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I would say, I'll go the other end. I'll say false. Um, okay. Who knows? I mean, I think technically it was, if history-wise, I think it, <laughs> I think it, I think it was just the But the implication scenario. obviously right. is like Valentine's Day sucks. It's like all right. fake. It's all, you know, for show. But to some people, yeah. it it is a meaningful gesture. Like, yes, everyone knows that it's fake and everyone knows that, it, you know, it's, it's something that you have to do. But to some people, it's like to give into it means that you're giving into what would make someone else happy. And if that's the case, then you should, you should do it. There we go. 
Okay. Timing is everything. Man. Uh, <laughs> no, absolutely not. False. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with that one. I mean, I, I just, I did a big episode. It's my most popular episode on the whole idea of, of right person, wrong time. And I think that's bullshit. Um, Wait, can you tell me? I want to hear this. Yeah. I, I think that with a couple of exceptions, there are some exceptions okay. where timing is literally makes something impossible, but I'm talking yeah. few and far between. I'm talking about death in the family. You're, you're moot. You're in the army. I'm talking about, I'm talking about. Yeah. Like serious that. shit. Yeah. For the, and I'm talking about like, say you get out of a 10 year relationship and then mm -hmm. seven days later you meet someone, mm. like, yep. like, things like that. But for the most part, I think anyone who ever says right person, wrong time is probably just not being honest with you or themselves. I really do think that if you are convinced someone is the right person, again, that's uh -huh. a big step. You have to be convinced that they're the right person or that they might be the right person. Then the wrong time becomes not necessarily the right time because that's too flip floppy, but it becomes irrelevant. And I think I, oh, and I back that statement up by the fact that I genuinely don't think there's ever a perfect time to do anything in life. Like mm. very few instances where it's like, ah, perfect. I am completely healed. I am completely ready. <laughs> I am completely confident. Yeah. This just doesn't happen. We're always a work in progress. Yeah. Always a work in progress. And I think when you combine that with the realization that anything that is worthwhile in your life is going to come with challenges. And if you throw something away and saying, oh, it's the wrong time and you don't even try, then you're, you're, totally, you're totally overlooking that fact. I think there's something to be said about recognizing what I just said and trying and yeah. failing and then being like, yeah, it was the wrong timing. That's fair. But to the people who kind of give it a flippant, ah, I'm just really busy or I'm still trying to you know, make sense of myself. I think the real, what, yeah, that's what, what they really want to say is you're not the right person for me. I'm not convinced you're the right person and that's fine. So that's a really divisive topic. People, lots of people don't agree. Lots of people agree, yeah. but for the most part, I, I, the timing thing I think should be irrelevant. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's true the way you're talking about, especially it's like in the beginning of dating or like midway through dating like if it's something yeah. like that and it's like oh it, it kind of sounds like a bullshit excuse but but what if it's something like I'm just gonna challenge you for a second here what if it's something like you were dating someone and you were both really serious about each other in college but you weren't like mature enough yet to like get married do you believe in like getting back into old relationships what's your stance on that yeah, I think if you're both on the same page about it, but I think you have to. But that like, would be timing. <laughs> well, I think that, that, that I, I question the timing in the beginning. What does it mean to be not mature enough to like move to the next stage? I understand marriage. Okay, don't yeah. get married. But you're yeah. going to break up because you're not mature enough. Something seems a little yeah. off there. If the answer is we need to go out and explore life on our mm -hmm. own because we've always mm -hmm. been together and only know each other. Okay, that's something. But I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that's that's a timing issue. I would say that's a, it's yeah. something that you want to, you want to explore first. And what you're saying in effect is that you, you're not convinced that person's right for you. It all comes back to that. I mean, what, what other way yeah. around it? That's ultimately what you're saying without saying it, right? Interesting. Wow. Okay. I was going to say men don't like being chased, but we already kind of have your uh, perspective yeah. on that Disagree. one. Okay. Never have sex on the first date. Disagree. Total or, or untrue or whatever it was. I think that's fantastic. Have at it. That's so fun. I think there's this, <laughs> there's this stick. There's a quote and I can't remember it, but it was like, yeah. there's a couple who hooked up on the first date and is happily married today. There's a couple who didn't hook up for three months and they're divorced today. Like there's no right way to start a relationship and there's no wrong way. As long as you're mature about it, have at it. I don't see the problem. Yeah. And then being in a relationship and unhappy is lonelier than being single. I mean, I think deep down, yeah it's true 
and you would probably feel that but i think you could delude yourself into thinking it's lonely or to like literally be physically lonely uh-huh. so i mean yes i forget what the scale is now but agree true mostly true mostly true yes. I, that, that's the loneliest way to live to know that you're letting yourself down like that's not yeah. a vibe at all like that's you're that's- just <laughs> I, always, I love that. I just, the, the dude bro comes back. It's like, nah, being with someone you don't want to be with, not a vibe, not a vibe. That's my catchphrase. <laughs> I say that a lot. It's your <laughs> catchphrase. Oh, and yeah. my last question, and this has nothing to do with the game, and then we'll wrap this up, is what the fuck is this thing about being a bowl of oatmeal? Because you say this on your podcast. Let's well, break that down for a second. I yeah. mean, that has nothing to do with mindfulness. That has me just being a goofy dude, but... <laughs> oatmeal goofy goober oatmeal is thick (laughs) like a thick bowl oatmeal so when i when you refer to someone as a bowl oatmeal you're you're, oh you're thick like in a good way two c's like it's a compliment like lots of curves yeah yeah. bowl oatmeal that's what it means it's not like so you've heard other people say this before yeah oh yeah is this like a chicago weird chicago thing like i feel like chicago is like these weird things I don't know. Like, okay. oh, you're a bull vote meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you don't want to break that out, you know, all the time. Maybe use it sparingly. Wait, so that was something you were using for, like, I'm sexy and empowered. Like, yeah, if you're feeling like a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound that complimentary. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a joke. <laughs> Weirdly textured and lumpy and kind Steel of cut, Ooh, girl. Steel cut grain. <laughs> Love that. Are you kidding? Guys, I think this is actually the perfect way to end because it just shows how everything is how you frame it. You can either frame oatmeal as being lumpy and thick and weirdly textured, or it can be steel cut. Mm, Boom. End of podcast. Love that. Okay. Oh my God. Case, thank you so much for doing this. This was so interesting. I love all your takes on everything. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you and see all your inspirational quotes on all the Starbucks mugs. Yeah, no, it's case.kenny on Instagram. And that's got all my links. And the podcast is new mindset who dis or new mindset who dis.com. Amazing. And didn't you have a new journal that came out recently? Yeah, so I have three now. I've got singles, your superpower. My uh-huh. first one was called new mindset journal. And then I just released one uh, called unbothered, which is a anti-anxiety journal. Amazing. So guys, I take it back. He has had anxiety because, um, you know, he wrote books to come at it. Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, and as always, please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, and follow me on my personal handle at CKNY1213 and the podcast at WTF Sup Pod. Okay, thank you. Bye.